Welcome back to In the Trenches, a podcast by youth pastors for youth pastors. Today, myself, Elliot, Charlie, and special guest Angie sit down and have a conversation on the importance of making disciples in youth ministry. Welcome back, everybody, to In the Trenches podcast. Today, I get the pleasure pleasure of sitting down with the one and only Elliot Bland. Yeah. Beautiful. Gary Garcia. It's a pleasure to mm-hmm. be with you. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And a very special guest, Angie. Angie, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. We are hailing right now in the beautiful city of Norco, California, as we record this podcast. Yeehaw. Yeah, I was... I was waiting for the, the sound. <laughs> hey, listen, before we get into anything else, let's just address the elephant in the room. You guys recorded without me last time. Yeah, it went really good. I listened to the podcast. It was much shorter, first of <laughs> all. <laughs> also, you didn't even address that I wasn't here, and that really hurt my feelings so much. Yeah. Well, you had COVID, and we didn't want to, like... Yeah, that would have been... Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for... <laughs> <laughs> so, that, we're hey, going to throw that up. We're everybody gonna... has... Elliot has COVID, so yeah, he's not here this week. True. <laughs> Little did we know, did. so did the guy recording us last week. Oh, that's true. <laughs> he didn't have it then, though. Mm-hmm. So it That's brought, what you say. I yeah. kept thinking, did I touch my mic last week? <laughs> I know. Yeah, shout out COVID. But thanks for letting everybody know. All the, How many people wrote in and asked? No one. Okay, well, we missed you. We did. Cause yeah, like, I, it's like we had too much time to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I heard a lot from you guys. It was Maybe it's, it, I don't know why I'm back. You probably should just keep recording without me being here. I know. It was like as soon as we ended it, we like me and Gary looked at each other and was like, "Wow, that went really smooth. Yeah. Like it was like perfect." Almost. There was no tangents. No. Maybe we should get like Elliot comments. a timer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll it's have a, a, right here on the wall just a timer. As soon as you talk, I hit it. Mm-hmm. Just one minute. I, that doesn't work when I preach at churches. <laughs> why, do you, why do you think it's gonna work now? <laughs> All right. Well, we are with our special guest Angie today, and she's in a church at uh, in Chino, California. And Angie, why don't you just let everyone that's listening right now know a little bit about yourself? So my name is Angie Garrison, and I, um, I'm a youth pastor, along with my husband, Tim Garrison, at Living Word Assembly in Chino, California. Um, we've been at it for almost 13 years, um, long time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we've enjoyed every minute of it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Youth is our heart, and it's been a long learning process, but like I said, wouldn't change it for the world. That's awesome. That's awesome. What's your guys' youth group called again? We are called Unashamed. Nice. I love that. I love that. Be idea. careful. Charlie might steal the name of your oh youth group. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Elliot and I had a chance to visit not too long ago. And man, what an amazing yeah. group of students and leaders. Um, it was so fun. Yeah. Like, we, we love getting to, do, to go to different groups. Uh, but just from the moment we pulled up and getting to hang out, and uh, even before service, I got to play among us with some of the, the students <laughs> yes. there. And it just was. It felt like a home sort of yeah. place, you know, and so it was super cool. Thank you, guys. We have a great team. I mean, we couldn't yeah. do ministry without our team. That is for sure. We have a, a junior high teacher who does an amazing job. We have a worship team who does an amazing job. And then we also have leaders that come and help us set up for our nights and for our programs and for our special events. So definitely shout out to them because we couldn't do youth ministry without them. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you guys run junior high and high school together, or are you guys doing that stuff? Because you just said you guys have a junior high like teacher. Um, we run, well, it's actually, I guess, not so much junior high anymore. Um, COVID kind of changed things up for us. But so Wednesday nights, it's uh, junior high and high school together. And then Sunday mornings, we have um, sixth grade through um, ninth grade. Okay. 
So we kind of feel like ninth grade is still a, a, a good place to maybe cut them off. They're not exactly uh, juniors and seniors yet. The mindset changes. Yeah. And we, we feel like it's all right to have the sixth graders in there with ninth graders, not so much with the juniors and seniors. So. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's awesome. And uh, today, what our conversation, um, Gary kind of hit on it already, um, we're going to be talking about really what does it look like to make disciples in youth ministry? Is it important, and why should we do it? So I just want to go into this very first question, because I think a lot of times we can um, maybe look at this in a confusing way, or maybe we don't see it this way. Um, and the first question I just want to dive into is this, is, is there a difference in creating Christians versus creating disciples? And uh, yeah, I'll just open it up for everyone to talk about. Yeah, I think 100% there is. Um, I mean, we have to make such a <coughs> sorry priority on discipling young people. Mm-hmm. If there's anything I've taught and kind of preached to other youth pastors the last couple of years is how important this is. Like, you have to really understand what it is to disciple. You don't want to create and, and just have a bunch of baby Christians for four years. If a yeah. kid gets saved as a freshman, man, by the time they're seniors, they should have such a solid foundation in the Word that any storm that comes does not phase them, does not wreck them. And um, I, I think it's something that we've missed, you know, maybe in the 90s of youth ministry, early 2000s, that we just didn't put that kind of focus on discipleship. And I mean, it's it's called, we're called to yeah. disciple. Um, it, it's in the Word. And um, it comes down to really building um, Christians that are, are, are we building young Christians to last? Yeah. And especially in the world we live in, when they're being told, um, they're, they're being told a totally different culture, taught a totally different culture in school, in social media, in reality, um, what we're teaching them, what we're pouring into them is counterculture. Yeah. And if we don't make it a solid foundation, oh man, we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I was having a conversation with a youth pastor earlier this week, and we were talking about just this exact idea. And ultimately, like, it's what we're called to do as pastors, especially to go and make disciples. And like, I think really getting back to that place, I think just like we're in a moment right now where I think there's a huge push to create depth Mm -hmm. in relationship, but also in equipping these kids in the knowledge of scripture and in a realization of like who Jesus is personally. Um, But I think like what happened was like, just if you look back, you know, the church, you go back to like the holiness movement, you know, Mm. where there's like the crusades and it's all about almost scaring people into heaven. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like fire and brimstone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And there was that, you know, movement of Christianity where that was happening a lot. And that's sort of what was the foundation for people. And the generation that rose up after that was kind of in response to that, not wanting to do that anymore Mm -hmm. and created something. And I feel like with the heart being in the right place and their intentions were good, but a culture in the church that was very, I mean, like the seeker friendly movement, you know, where it's very like, we want to be a place where sinners feel like they are loved and they're welcome and they come in and they they find Jesus and really like the goal of the church became to make converts right and that that became a lot of the focus of the church and I I think what we're seeing now is a very shallow Christianity in response to um not not really doing all of what we're supposed to do because yes we like we need to be a place where broken and hurting people come in 
and find the answer that they're looking for. But that is just like the first piece of the puzzle. There's so much more to it than that. And I think like it isn't even just something that like we need to, you know, in the podcast, like, come on, youth pastors really get good at this. Like, I think it's naturally happening. We're seeing it. And I think we're we're being passionate about it because like discipleship is the lifeblood of ministry. And so like, we have to do that. Yeah, like there is, to answer the question, I guess, is there a difference between uh, being a Christian, being a disciple? Like, yeah. yeah. And we need to get intentional about making disciples. I think, yeah, exactly. Because I know like for me, when it came to like starting off in ministry, we started off with like a small group of students in our junior high ministry. And I was like, I just want to grow this. And like, I, I left it, and this is on myself. It's like, I left it like the preaching almost on a sense, like a surface level and the mm-hmm. relationships on the surface level was more of a, hey, make sure to show up. Hey, make sure to bring a friend. And we just wanted to grow it rather than disciple it. Yeah. And I think that if we don't watch out as youth pastors and as youth leaders, we can find ourselves in a situation like that. And then later down the road, like Gary said, it's like they don't have this foundation. Yeah. And, I, and there was something that I was thinking about when it came to like co- coming up with these notes. Um, we all know as youth pastors, there's a drop off from your senior year going into quote unquote big church. Um, and I think at times, maybe the reason why there's that drop off is because as youth pastors, maybe we didn't disciple our students well enough for them to be prepared for that jump. Yeah. And I can say for myself, like there's certain key students that I can think of in my head that don't go to our church anymore. And I'm thinking to myself, is it because I didn't, um, I didn't disciple them as well as I should have, or do they not have that kind of like foundation of actually being a disciple rather than just a follower? But Yeah, I think about it in the sense of like Christian is somebody who has the Bible knowledge, the head knowledge, right? Hmm. I didn't grow up in the church, so I didn't have the head knowledge. So one of my biggest things was when people would say, you know, the stories of David and Goliath. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't know the story. But you have, like, my kids now, they do know those stories. They're growing up in the church, and they hear it through their kids' programs. So they know the stories. But at some point, those stories have to travel from their head to their heart. Mm-hmm. They have to be able to understand that the Bible is real, that God is alive and alive in them. So I think sometimes they get stuck in the in-between of now we've taught them so much in the Bible. They know they can memorize Scripture, but what is a memorized Scripture if they don't believe it's alive yeah. and living and working in their heart? Um, so I think it's... It's important for us as youth pastors to make sure, like you said, you know, you recognized, you know, back then that it's important to go deeper with the students. You know, one of the things that was really difficult for us when we started off in youth ministry was um, a lot of people would tell us like, oh, hey, we need more game nights. We need more this. We Mm. need more that. You know, we don't have enough people coming and something, you know, every time we prayed about it, God would say, I want you to grow big youth in me not necessarily mm. a big youth group. Yeah. yeah. You know, I want these kids to be rooted in my word, not necessarily come because, you know, we get them, honestly, what, maybe two hours a week? Yeah. And we might, the time that they're with us in our youth ministry might get, that might be the only time that they get any kind of word. And if we take that up, not that it, games are not fun and yeah. not that the good stuff isn't fun, but, like, I think that's what, like, really made my, like, head think about making disciples was, you know, Wednesday night can't be just a movie night every week yeah. or just a yeah. game night. It has to be that time where we pour, you know, into the students and help them to create that relationship with God. Yeah. One of the seasons of youth ministry for me were like we were the biggest numerically and we were having like, you know, some of the best structurally experiences 
of service, you know, we, you know, we had it tight and down and the lights were perfect, you know, it was all really good and we could put on a good like show yeah. was where it just felt so shallow and empty for mm -hmm. me. Like that was a season where I just like constantly was like, why, you know, well, first of all, you reach big numbers, but it's never enough numbers. There's always yeah. more, yeah. you know, which is like in a sense good because every number is an individual who needs their life changed. But I was, we're having a lot of people show up, but you know, they were responding to the same altar call every mm -hmm. single week. And like that, you know, I was seeing what they were posting after that. And th there was just no depth in their relationship with Jesus. And I just, I, I kind of had to come to that same sort of moment where there's nothing wrong with doing a good service and having that stuff. But our, our job is more than that. We're not event coordinators. Yeah. yeah. We are, you know, we're ministers of the gospel who are called to, especially we feel specifically called to students and helping them understand what they were created for and who God is, you know, and, yeah. and really like have these aha moments. And, and it's so powerful to be a youth pastor because we essentially can help students figure this out now so they don't ever have to settle for these other things later. Like it's, it's really powerful, but that doesn't just happen through, you know, a message or a worship yeah. service those things are great and good tools but it's it's more than that you yeah know? and events are great i mean events yeah. are fun they draw people in which is 100 awesome to have them and we kind of choose to have them on a separate night so that we could be like hey this is just a fun night just yeah. come and hang out Smart. um and you bring those people in and then you invite them back to service on wednesday night and say hey you know i know about this person who loves you we want, let's talk about them Wednesday night. So, yeah. I mean, events are fun and they're they're a good time. It's a great time to do the relational part yeah. with the kids. Yeah, which I would say, I mean, this is getting into your second question I, yeah. that I just know you're going to ask, uh, which <laughs> is crazy. Why don't crazy. you ask that right now? Since Can I like, ask yeah, the we question? we know what we're getting into. Wow, I'll ask the question. Charlie's <laughs> so inquisitive usually. Well, you missed us last week. So. Yeah, so how do, how do we have students take the step from Christians to true disciples, come on. One might ask. That's a great question. Whoever I, came up with it that. is a great question. And uh, but what we were talking about just a second ago about events and everything, like I think that it it all is a part of discipleship. Like yeah. we can talk, and I'm sure we will about like small groups, huge tool, and and we're even at our church messing with the way that we're doing it in a really exciting way we'll see if it works i'm kind of like testing it out to see i want to know and then, what it is yeah I'll, I'll explain it but i'm saying what i realized when i had that moment where i saw our numbers were growing but we weren't really growing and i was like what what's the deal i thought back to why am i who i am today mm -hmm. like what helped shape me to be the person i am today and i, I think of my youth pastor who he wasn't you know uh this trendy social media savvy like super cool guy he was just a, a goofy dude who loved me and loved us and was willing to be in my life and i can't remember three sermons he preached right Same. but i do remember hanging out in his office i do remember going and getting lunch with him i do remember him calling me when when i was in a rough spot like like that is what discipleship is. It's all of it. It's the relationships. It's the event nights. Like it, like, and that's what I want to help my team and, and all of us to understand is like, there's a point and purpose to it all. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with making sure your lights look good and your sound yeah. is perfect and you have planning center down. Um, as long as you're not just doing it because you're going through the motions, as long as it all points towards that, that goal of creating disciples. Yeah. Um, 
that's what we're doing in relationships. I mean, look at the example of Jesus. How did he make disciples? He went and got 12 dudes and said, come follow me. And he did life with them. You yeah. do life with people. Gary uh, has really perfected this like throughout his years of ministry. And there's never been a season of ministry since I've been watching where he hasn't had this like core group that he's sort of raising up and that there's like a discipleship thing going on without having a, a class that they signed up for without mm. having, you know, it being so official, um, which sometimes that works for churches, but Gary has done a great job uh, of just living it out and always kind of having this group of people that he does life with yeah. him and Amy. And so therefore they are making disciples, you know? Yeah. And I think that's great. And I think even going back to like, we were talking about like the events and the planning and the services and stuff. I think really it just comes down to the balance. Cause obviously, and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode with Christian, um, where when it comes to having that balance of that fun elements, like the lights or whatever it may be, even though I don't think nowadays lights really does very much. It's just a fancy name of saying something exciting for students to yeah. come and take a look at. Um, but it's having that so they get their feet in the door. Mm -hmm. But it's like, and it goes back, I think, to those messages. Like, are we preaching these surface level messages? Or are we actually preaching something that's going to change their lives? Right. Um, and then when that ends, it's like what you just said, Elliot. It's like getting into those small groups, having these students get connected with leaders. I know for us, one of the things that we do, we're not very big on small groups, which we're going to start doing as this new year's rolling in. Um, but one of the biggest things is we make sure if there's a news time guest, like they're getting connected with a leader so they can do life with that leader, especially if someone had just given their life to Jesus. Like there are yeah. certain like steps we have the students take where they can get connected with a girl leader if they're a girl, get connected with a guy leader if they're a guy, and they're going to continue that conversation after that Wednesday night. And I think really a lot of times as youth pastors and as youth leaders, we can look on our Wednesdays, we can look on our Tuesdays or Thursdays or whenever you guys meet and say, this is the night where we make disciples. But really, it's just the starting point. And you see, it's what we're going to do outside of those Wednesday nights that's going to help that happen. And I think what you, um, your sister did this, Elliot, I think Daisy did this, where um, there was like the random nights where your sister would invite girls over to your parents' house and sit there and just hang out. It's like, yeah. that's the type of stuff that students are going to remember because they won't yeah. remember your God's Masterpiece series, even though every other no, youth will. pastor that's will. A great, that's a great message. Um, but they're going to remember those nights where they hung out with their leader. They hung out it's with true. their pastor. It's true. And I mean, like you shout her out. We all have those leaders, but like my youngest sister, Daisy, is one of my leaders and she's one of the best leaders I've ever had because she has taken the junior high girl group to new levels and mm -hmm. there's all these new junior high girls coming because she gets it. She gets that it's more than a Tuesday. We meet on Tuesday nights. It's more than a Tuesday night thing. And she's invested in their lives in simple ways. You know, she hasn't like quit her job and, you know, like just only lives and breathes youth. She has other things that she does, but she just takes the time to reach out to these girls to to constantly be in relationship with these girls and so she's their youth pastor yeah. like she's the one that they go to she's the one, and and they're 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 growing you know and and that's what it's about yeah. and i would i would even say that like when you're taking students from um, christians to true, to true disciples we have to remember that we're just encouraging them like we can't make them so leaders don't get down on yourselves mm -hmm. when you're like oh my gosh these people aren't getting it or 
I feel like I'm failing because ultimately it's not on us. It's it's between them and the Lord. And we, you know, we're just tools to be used and to encourage them and to be there for them, to have those hangouts, to have those relational moments, because, you know, sometimes it's easy as a as a youth leader, a youth pastor to look back and think, man, where did I fail or how Mm -hmm. come they're not going that way? I'm not it's not working. And and sometimes we try to take maybe not in a bad way. I think it's in a good way and our hearts are in a good way, like. Um, the place of God where we want to force like, oh, you need to have a relationship with Christ. You need to do it. You need yeah. to you need to have it. You know, in Revelations 3.20, it tells us, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So, mm-hmm. you know, he stands at the door and knocks. And, and I guess we could just help our students by guiding them to maybe discovering what that door is or what that knock is that they're yeah. hearing to understand. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's great. And it comes back to, I think, um, in a way when it, it it's funny cause you can't have the one without the other. And I'm going back to the idea of, um, creating these environments for students to feel welcomed into. And it's like, the, like you just said, Angie, it's like they, the Lord's knocking, he's knocking on their door and it's on them if they're going to answer that door and we can encourage and encourage and encourage, but it's like having these things where they can feel invited. They can feel welcome to be even, to even step foot into that kind of a moment where they can jump in full head or full force to being this first off follower of Jesus and secondly to that disciple. And I think one thing that we do at our youth group that uh, has shown to work and also shown that, Hey, there's a lot of things that we need to work on. Um, And one of the biggest ones is we do a student leadership and it's nothing new. There's a lot of youth groups that do it. And I think this year we've did it like um, never before where we handpick certain students where we're like, I can see this in you and I can see you really, really wanting to grow. And we handpick a, a, a few students and we're going to do life with them for the next few months. And then once that few months over, they're going to stay a part of the leadership team and then pick another few students and really take this. Obviously, it's a slow process, but that's something that we're doing and we're trying new this year that I think is really going to benefit this idea of going from just a follower of Jesus to a true disciple of Jesus. I think it's important, though, that youth pastors, I mean, all the, the surface stuff is great, and I I am 100%, you know, part of what we do is build relationships to build the trust to where students can, but we've got to make sure that we are we are making the time to disciple, yeah. that yes. we are making the time to, to teach the Word, um, that, you know, I, I'm not calling anybody out here, I'm just saying, you know, I've, I've been to youth services where it's a lot of just self-help Tony Robbins garbage you know I mean I mean I'm not calling anybody out in particular I'm just saying they don't need that message they don't need you know love yourself and you'll feel better um you know there's got to be some depth to it because they're hearing all that from the world already they're already hearing all of these different things that the world's saying that's so important and you know they've got to understand what God's word is and and how to understand it and how to get into it and even if they're not that excited about it I mean Mm -hmm. I would encourage any youth pastor you know, build your your message around scripture, and you know, and the topics will, will show themselves. Don't don't build it just around a topic and then throw in scriptures that you think fit well. You know, I mean, we're mm. the scripture part of it is so important and it's so relevant that they understand it in context. And I, I don't want to get all deep and theological and break things down, but you know, I've seen too many young people go through four years of a youth ministry only to have no idea of 
how how am I saved? Yeah. How, yeah. You know, how is you know the how does it all work? They can't right. vo- verbalize their Christianity, and that's 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 on us. Like if yeah. a student goes through four years of our youth ministry and can't verbalize how they're a believer or how they follow Jesus or why they follow Jesus, we've we've missed something. Yeah. And so to make sure we have those things happening and that we're setting aside a time, one of the you know, for me, I, I was doing, uh, talking with some youth leaders recently, and, and, you know, I always get asked numbers, what's, you know, how do you measure success? And for me, measuring success is, the number one way I measure success in my youth ministry is how many of my teenagers um, stick around after they graduate high school, yeah. Yeah. that have some depth, that have some reality. You know, two of our staff members um, on our team grew up in our youth ministry, and, you know, I can remember with both of them when they were in high school, meeting with them at Del Taco and just doing a discipleship time with them where we're just reading through scripture together. And they were, I think probably at times they were more concerned with their fries and burrito, but, <laughs> but I think that it, it began in them the necessity of understanding of, yeah, there's, I need to know this. I need yeah. to be in God's word. I need to not just be there on Tuesday nights and have fun and play a game and listen to Gary and then move on. Yeah. yeah. But Again, I, I've just seen too many young people go through youth ministries and then just disappear afterwards. And so we've got to figure out how do we teach them? How do we pour into them? How do we make them a part of things? And again, I'm 100% relational. All of those things are so important and, and they're needed because you, you have to build that trust. But, you know, we really, if I could challenge any youth pastor, figure out what it is. I mean, you know, that was the calling to go out into all the world and preach the gospel yeah. and, and disciple, you know, yeah. build disciples. Yeah. And, and there's a reason we are called to do that. There's a yeah. reason we are told to do that because if we don't build them, um, if we don't, if we just get them saved and don't build into them, they won't continue down the path. Well, we're seeing the repercussions of it right now. All of us as youth pastors are recognizing it, but like on social media, it's so evident, like, there's even like pages full of it of yeah. just this like this mixture of self-help world mm-hmm. things that sound good that are like quasi gospel but anti-gospel you know yeah. like yeah. and students just accept it cuz they don't know any better and the thing is like they're believing lies cuz they're unfamiliar with the truth like yeah. the best way to combat lies is with the truth and the truth is the word of god and you know and so, like, get strategic about it. Like, every the cool thing is there's four youth pastors in this room right now, and all four of us are going to go at discipleship differently yeah. depending on, who, like, our personalities, our groups, like, what God is speaking to us. And so, like, for us, I reformatted the whole way we do youth where, like, I really want to lean into discipleship so much that we don't even do a normal service most weeks. We do uh, our hangout and then we just go into small groups because I really believe for us, small groups is the vehicle with which we can accomplish discipleship most effectively. Other people, that might not be the case, you know, but for us, I really feel that strongly. And so we're we're doing that. And and we even just launched something where we are letting students, I'm doing five small groups. Usually we'll do it based off of like grade and gender, you know, junior high boys, junior high girls which I think is pretty normal, but I was like, I want to switch it up because it wasn't creating the depth and it, the, the leaders weren't as into it. So we're doing five specific groups. They're all about different things and the students are getting to pick which group they want to go and learn about. One's about mental health, one's about relationships, right? There's They're all about different stuff, but I want depth there. 
And that's what I've told the leaders who are leading them is like, I don't want just the surface level stuff. I want you to talk about this. I want you to study this. I want you to prep for this Uh, because the students need to go deeper. They need to have some solid foundation to stand on. Um, And then we have the last Tuesday of the month where we do a normal service and we call it like a one night, which I'm sure every people all call their stuff one nights because, you know, we I don't know who came up with it, but that's a good one. But we do that, and that is the night where I am more, um, you know, giving a, a evangelism-type message, yeah. right? Where where I'm like, bring a guest, bring a first-time visitor who's never been here before, and I'll give that uh, salvation call. It, you know, there's nothing wrong with that either. But we, what I think we were finding is we were doing that every week because there's new kids coming in, and we're like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to talk about... If, homosexuality and yeah. you know all this type of stuff the a first ca- kid just comes in and it's that's heavy for them to talk about and so we were just like let's just not talk about it at all and so we were talking about salvation every week salvation every week and there's all these kids who are like i've been saved for two years and <laughs> i i'm i'm about it it's good to know that jesus loves me but what else you know and yeah. so uh small groups is our vehicle to accomplish discipleship most effectively um and and still implementing that salvation because that's an important part of it too but even just by what we do most weeks you can see our priority is discipleship we want to make sure that kids are getting saved and that they're getting introduced to jesus but i think that the priority for us and the like what we're what we're called to do is make disciples and so i want i want to create a youth ministry that does that and i'm just telling you what i do not because it is the way to do it. It yeah. definitely isn't, but it is what works for us. And my main point of even bringing it up is just have strategy. Have strategy in what you're doing. Don't just go go at it because it's not going to happen accidentally. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing, and you, you hit it pretty like spot on, is like every group's different. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. context is different. Because like for us, it's like I, I've told myself that when I first started ministry, it's like, Anytime there's this opportunity to have the salvation call, it's like we're going to have a salvation call because you don't know who's in the yeah. audience. Um, and obviously, like you just said, every context is different. If you know your group very well and you can read the crowd and say, oh, I know pretty much everyone here is saved, you can take it in a different route. But I think one of the biggest things is, and I fall, I fell into this trap like really young into ministry was like I wanted to be the cool youth pastor. Yeah, the cool youth pastor in being like I wanted every student that walked into our church He's, doors. You're wearing Chelsea boots right now, so you, I think you still want to be the cool youth pastor. I just really want to be like Wyatt. That's it. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, get some overalls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember where I was at. Oh, there it was. Cool youth pastor. And so that for me, like until like. I needed to, in a sense, and at the time I didn't know, but was like preach these surface level messages, the ones that are going to make these students leave feeling good, but not really getting to the depths of what the scripture was actually saying, what the scripture actually meant. And over the years, I've seen that. And over the years, just like how Gary was saying, like judging off the success of like how many students are actually staying in um, their main Sunday services, I saw that drop off. And because of that, it, it kind of, God gave me this opener. God gave me this like, eye-opening like moment where I was like you got to go deeper like there's no growth true growth happening you can say you created a lot of followers of Jesus but it's not really saying you're creating disciples of Jesus yeah well we're doing a disservice to the students really and that's what I realized and that's what I was talking about earlier this week with uh, um, the youth pastor I was talking to is just like we were getting really passionate about it because it's just sort of like 
being a pastor is not something to be taken lightly, you know, mm -hmm. like the, the scripture constantly points to the idea that like this is a burden of leadership and it's yeah. something that we should, it's a mantle we should carry with respect and like, especially with this younger generation, um, we can't just go into it flippantly and just sort of want to just be the cool youth yep, pastor 100%. or get amens or get retweets or, you know, like, and the truth is offensive sometimes, right? Yeah. And it is countercultural now more than it ever has been. And now that doesn't mean on the flip side of that, you know, you got yeah. pastors on Twitter who are trying to be woke, but then you got pastors on Facebook who are just trying to be jerks. And, you know, like there is a balance to yes. it all. Um, but you have to don't be afraid to speak the truth. And even like, I, you know, just, I mean, we're, we're all youth pastors. And so like, I just talked to my students and I went through Psalm 139 and a part of one's Psalm 139 talks about you knitted me together in my mother's womb. Mm -hmm. I'm intricately woven, right? It's talking about that. And I was talking about the purpose that their life has, but I took a second and I, I, you know, I really teed it up and set it up and, and was sensitive about it. But I talked to them about God's view of life mm. and that that god values life beginning at conception like yeah. not just this scripture but all scripture points to this and that yeah. that abortion goes against what what god wants for us and yeah. and, and there was you know i had to take a few minutes to really kind of like i didn't solve out. the issue for them right but but i wanted to talk about it and, and in it i also talked about the church needs to, to be a, a safer place for women who have had this happen mm -hmm. to come in and find healing. We should stop ostracizing people. You know, like I really wanted to talk about, but I could have not. Right. And just been like, uh, it's too weird. I can't. <laughs> but this is this is ultimately the burden I, I felt. They're hearing the other yep. side so much. Yes, they I have to talk about it. We, we have to talk about these things yeah. All, like everything. We've got to talk about it. And. Maybe on a message isn't isn't the format that people feel comfortable in, and I get that. But we've got to be talking about this and speaking truth into these students' lives because if not, they are more prone to believe the lies. To me, that's part of discipleship, though, is giving them the understanding of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. And, you know, I mean, all of us probably know students who, who are Christians, but they'll throw on, you know, support to certain things yeah. on their social yeah. media because they just, they've been told that's the right thing. Yeah. And if we don't give them the understanding of God's truth, um, they'll just keep going that direction. And and so it's, it's, it is, it's so important that in youth ministry, um, there's some depth to it and some understanding and that we're having, you know, we're, there's times that we're teaching the things and maybe, and maybe it is a small groups or something else to where you're teaching the things that are tough to teach on. And maybe, yeah. maybe the normal youth nights and not the night if you're having visitors and, and everything, yeah. but there's gotta be time set aside to, to students to understand. I mean, there, you have students that probably, um, you know, I'm, I'm speaking about myself too, who probably think that I'm okay with abortion or that yeah. I mm -hmm. support, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a woman's right to like there's so much that it like seriously if we if we didn't know the truth the the lies sound good you yeah. know what i'm saying they, they they can make sense even to me sometimes i'll see some of these things and maybe not on that issue but you know what i'm saying like yeah it, it it's easy to believe it and so even like i i would say but even preaching it from the pulpit like don't don't shy away from that because it's it's thing. as simple as just stating hey if this makes you uncomfortable, that's okay. Let's talk about it after. Find me or find another leader. I'm not here to just talk 
to you or at you. Yeah. We want to con- you you have a voice that needs to be heard. Let's continue the conversation. And even if you're and I said this, even if you're in the room and you straight up disagree with what I just said, let's talk about it. I want especially if that's the case for you, let's talk about it. And it could open up the conversation you need to have, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, it's all you got to be faithful to what God's called you to do. And so however you want to do that, um, do it. And if it's not from the pulpit, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I do want to just encourage some youth pastors. Don't be afraid to speak the truth from the pulpit. You just got to be intentional about it, you know? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, like Gary said, like dig into the word because, you know, digging into the word makes them curious and yep. also makes mm-hmm. them learn. Yep. And like I have my own coming into teenage years, my my oldest child, and same thing, like even when she learns things and she has questions, I'm like, what does God say? Yep. What does this Bible say? What is it saying here? What does God say about that subject? Not the one line scripture. Read. Read. What does it say? Let's di- let's open it up and see what it says. Because a lot of the time, yeah. scripture is taken out of context. 100%. Ooh, yeah. You know, it's taken, it's one piece of it, and it's inserted here, and it sounds so good. But yet, when you read it in the context of what it was meant to be used or how it's meant to be applied in our lives, is completely different. So that's like the biggest thing. I always tell people, you, you can argue with me all you want, but whatever's in God's word is in God's word. You can't argue with God. And if you yeah. do, good luck. Yeah. yeah. And that, I love what you're saying, Angie, because I think it's like, for youth pastors listening, this is a really practical way to like introduce discipleship. Just ask good questions. Because mm. I think sometimes we think discipleship is just telling kids w- what to think or teaching them, you know, uh, and there's levels of that. But like what I have started to love to do is in small group times or when I'm me- meeting with a student is just ask the right questions to get them to think for themselves. Because because. Yeah. I believe that the truth will be revealed. I believe that the word of God in relationship with Jesus is so undeniably true that you you can't ignore it. It's inevitable. It's the answer that you're looking for. You know, drugs, alcohol, relationships, all of these things, distractions, they they can't yeah. fill the void. I yeah. believe that confidently. So I don't think I got to talk kids into God. I want them to come to this aha moment where they realize it and they're like, oh, I don't need anything else. Yeah. So I love asking questions. We're like, well, what do you do? You know, what is your view of God? What do you, and getting them to think like, well, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. I've just been told what, what to, yeah. you know, yeah. Why would the, or, you know, I was talking to Eric Aguilar from uh, San Diego. He was talking about, he, he was talking with his boys. I don't know if they're reading the story of Jonah or Noah or just one of those older stories that we just take for granted. And he, He's a youth pastor who asked his boys, uh, like, do you believe that? Hmm. Like, just straight up being like, do you, that seems kind of far-fetched that, like, you know, a whale came, you know, or whatever, yeah. just some of those stories that, fish. yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Large fish. Come on. Man, you don't even know it. Uh, we were about to get letters about my <laughs> my bad theology. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems that it's okay to talk about, like, that type of stuff. Just saying, yeah. like, do you, do you, I don't know, does that seem true to you? Like, Get these kids to think and ask questions because that is a great place to be because God can handle our questions. God can handle our doubt as long as we start to seek answers when we're faced with it. And yeah, going back to that, we always tell our students too, like, ask God. Yeah. Question Him. Have a real conversation with Him. Don't be afraid that if something's going wrong or you're doubting or whatever, you're in this place between being a Christian and being a disciple and you're like... Lord, what are you doing? Like, it's okay. You can ask God questions. He can handle it. Like, yep. He can handle our questions. Yep. He can handle our doubt. He just wants 
to have relationship with us and just to make sure the students know that it doesn't have to be fancy. You know, we have to reverence the Lord and, and honor him in all that we do. You know, so we tell them that, but don't, you know, we tell them too, it doesn't have to be this crazy, like, not to, you know, this prayer that's so beautifully said. It just, mm, yeah. just talk in, to him. In King James yeah. Version. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. But just, yeah, just, you know, ask questions them themselves. It's okay to talk to God that yep. way and just ask him questions. And sometimes, like, it's funny, I think back, I, I, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 21. So I knew, like, nothing, literally. And to remember back being young, I wasn't a teenager, but I remember the questions I had as a teenager and then just what people would tell me and just kind of like making God untouchable yeah. and then you can't have a relationship with him. And then, you know, just kind of like, in a sense, it seemed like a fairy tale sometimes. And like some of those stories seem like little myths in the Bible. Yeah. And literally I told my, he's going to kill me for this, my hmm. boyfriend, which is my husband, boyfriend at the time, my husband now. But I was like, you know what? I've always heard you can't have sex, right? It says you're not supposed to have sex because my parents told me that. Yeah. So that's all I knew. You can't have sex before marriage. Not that you can't have it, but before marriage. Yeah. And I was like, show me. I want to see where in the Bible it says that. Like I wanted to see for myself because up till then it was just something that somebody told me. Yeah. You know, something that somebody just said it was a rule. Yeah. And I'm like, well, can you show me where God says it, it you know, where this needs to, this is true? And he did. And that meant so much to me. I was 21 years old and I was like, wow, it really says it in, in, the, in the word of God. I never knew. I didn't know where to find it. I didn't mm. know. I had no point of reference. You know, yeah. and a lot of our teenagers don't. Yeah. You know, he sometimes is, we assume that yeah. their family life is like ours at home where we talk to our kids. It's not like that. Sometimes they just, you know, they, they have no idea. So it was really like eye opening to for my husband to show me and say like, here, this is what God's word said. And I was just like really blown away. And I know it sounds crazy, but I was like, wow. Like, no, it's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Your cool. husband's a strong man too. Cause most boyfriends would be like, well, I couldn't find it. Either, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I guess it's not in there. So I got respect for your husband there. Cause that's, he's like, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, cause when your girlfriend's the one saying, no, show me. <laughs> then you, you started getting bad at studying the Bible. <laughs> I couldn't find it. <laughs> Only he's like, Elliot. no, I'm not sure where. Yeah. Only Elliot. <laughs> I had something to say, but I don't even. Sorry, can't even you're remember. blushing, Charlie. I am. Um, I, but I think going back to what Angie said, there's this moment, and you said it like a few minutes ago, and it was just a thought that came into my mind because I shared this last night. Um, we had to do a, a YouTube live service on Wednesday. Um, that so so much of culture, and, and I, I want to say, and I don't know if this is even a group of people, but these people that are influencers that say they're Christians but really don't live this yeah. out. Um, they they take what the Word of God says and twist it mm -hmm. to fit their narrative. Yeah, and I said like that's never how the Word of God was intended to be used. Mm -hmm. Instead, the Word of God was to twist our life to fit what it is saying. Yep. And I think so many times when it comes to having the surface level faith, we sit here and we try to look at the words or we like we sit there and we read our daily verse but don't understand what the daily verse is saying and we leave it at that and say, oh, I'm good. I just read my verse. But as youth pastors, we truly really need to encourage our students like it can't just be that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you're getting to a, a, like a good point of all of this that we haven't said. I think it kind of goes without saying, but maybe it should be said that like yeah. if we want to be effective in discipleship, this is why we have to be in the word, right? Yeah. Like, this is why we have to, we like, it starts with us, you know? We need to make sure that we are getting fed and that we have good theology and that we are, like, this is why I love even this podcast or the relationship I have with other youth pastors because I think of the conversation I had on Monday 
and we were just talking, but it got me fired up and it got me inspired mm-hmm. and it got, you know, like it, it's sort of the point. And, and then going past that, this is why we got to make sure we're pouring into our leaders. You know, that's a huge goal for me right now is like, I'm looking at different programs and different things to really try and go to a deeper level with my leaders. Cause if I expect them to be the youth pastor to yeah. these students, I got to make sure their theology is on point because I got to make sure that what they're discipling these students is right. Because sometimes I'll see what leaders post and I'm like, (laughs) that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Well, I think you've hit it on the head and, you know, there's probably some youth pastors out there that don't disciple well because they weren't discipled well. And, you know, they have to figure out, okay, who do I need to get into my life to be discipled? Because, you know, as much as I love the YouVersion Bible app and we, we use it and we tell students to get on there and do different things, um, we also tell them, you know, if, if your scripture is just the verse of the day, if that's what you're doing, it's not enough. That's like going out to dinner and just ordering a side dish, but not ever getting the full meal because yeah. you're, you're, you're starving yourself is what's happening. Yeah. And we see too many young people kind of go that direction. And how many times have we seen um, leaders and youth pastors and lead pastors um, share their phrase when reading a scripture? Let me tell you what this verse means to me. Yeah. Well, who cares what it means to you? It's saying something. Yes. That's good. What is it saying? Yeah. You know, and, and again, that comes down to discipleship, that comes down to knowledge of God's Word, and, and, and being willing to take the time to, to look through it and read it, and not read the verse, but read the verse before it and after it, and what is this saying in context? Yeah, and it's, I mean, we live in the perfect age of information yes. to be able to do this. Like, you, you know, it's not as hard as it used to be. I was listening to your guys' podcast last week and gary's talking about that was a good one man that was a great podcast shut (laughs) up guys probably the best one (laughs) and gary's talking about making his messages on typewriters and stuff like uh he probably actually had to like go to the library to get the stuff he needed like now you just gotta look there's commentaries and stuff on like it doesn't take you don't have to look very hard to find context and to to know that like that is not what that Greek word means. I don't have to speak Greek to know that you are, you know, like, that is not what that is saying. Yeah. And so, like, do that. Go that extra mile to really, you know, take this not light. Because if we're preaching the word poorly, mm-hmm. like, we got to answer for that one yeah. day. We and have to be disciples. Yeah. If yeah. we want to make disciples. Yep. We can't just be Christians and expect to make disciples when we ourselves are just yeah. a Christian that, you know, like you guys said, just reads a verse or reads a, you know, a piece here and there, but we have to be disciples. And you know what? It takes sacrifice. Yeah. And good. it is hard. It, it does take time and, and we should put, and it's hard. And I'm, I'm guilty of this sometimes too, but you know, God and his word and, and what we get out of it shouldn't be an afterthought. And yeah. we should teach the kids that up front, you know, regardless of what they're doing, like who do we go to first when everything's falling apart? Mm-hmm. God, but who do we go to last when everything's great? God and and it should be the other way around. We should constantly go to to the Lord first in everything that we do and and give him our time. And I think if we help the students learn to create these habits as young students, young, you know, growing up that they'll they'll carry those um those habits with them because it's it's easy to create habits and then um not break them as you get or not be able to keep them up as you get older. Yeah. Um, whether they're good or bad. So, you know, you teach them like, "Hey, take take truly take time with God." And I I challenge you and see what he does for you yeah yeah it's good no well, it's crazy when you when we actually ourselves take the time to read through some scripture and read through some content i recently did a message and i talked about i don't remember right where the exact verse but it, the verse is basically says um the enemy wants to kill steal, and destroy mm-hmm. and for john years ten, john 10 10 
for years, I've taught. I, I hate pastors' kids. I just um, oh oh. Last week it was so for, much better, but you don't even know what the scripture says. I'm just saying, I got you, John ten ten. Thief but, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have taught for years that that's talking strictly about Satan. And the truth is, if you read it in context, Jesus is talking about the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, all of me probably influenced by Satan. But yeah. it's it's again when you have a full understanding of it. You really understand what that means and why it's so important. And I think we, even as leaders and youth pastors, sometimes we get so caught up in just hearing stories or using verses. Do we understand the full content? And yeah. it's so important that we do because if we learn it and we teach it, so will they. Yeah. That's good. Amen. No, that's great. Man, there's a lot in this episode. And I love, and we're, I'm about to skip all that, that last question that we had right there because we're yeah. already about like 40 minutes, almost 50 minutes into this. But wow. That was some good stuff. I love it. If you guys have any questions on anything that we said today, go ahead and... and uh, Call Elliot. Obviously, he knows everything. <laughs> I know where the scriptures found. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Call Elliot. I will put his number at the end of this podcast for you yeah. guys to call um, and his address. But uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And Elliot, thank you for being here with us. Yeah. We missed you last week. Hopefully, kinda. I'll be here for the next episode. Kind of. Yeah. You'll replace me. We'll see. Uh, maybe Joey Lou will come and hang out with us. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's listening to this podcast right now, going, "Oh, <laughs> hey, you think he's listening to the podcast?" <laughs> Gary, thanks for being with us. Yep. And Angie, thank you for being with us. Thank you guys yes. for having me. This was yeah. fun. Angie's the best. Seriously, Angie, too. This is one thing we were talking about. Is like. 13 years in youth ministry at the same place is legendary. Mm-hmm. And so for, you know, for us as youth pastors, having someone like you to know that is there and has consistently created something in your group, I think that's what me and Gary saw when we went there. It was just, there was such depth that, you know, what we're talking about today, uh, that's inspiring. And so we need more people like you yes. and your husband to yeah. just continue doing it. That's what I want to that's what I'm striving for too. So yeah, and you'll definitely hear her again on this podcast. Yes, yes. Thank for you sure. Guys, it was fun. You guys are definitely crazy, but tons of fun to be with. <laughs> yeah, <of laughs> I had a good time. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in today, and we hope to for you. I, I always mess Bro, this up. Just, God. It's not that hard. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> See you. Peace. I'll figure it out. One day.